With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. They'll try to sell us on a better record than last year. They'll try to sell us on a strong second half. They'll try to sell us on progress. But as a Jets fan, this was a disappointing season. And we're talking about it on the Brandon Contis Jets podcast right now. Contis, I am a Contis. You better like me. I'm from Patchogue. All righty, nice job as always with the free music YouTube. You're listening to the Brandon Connors Jets Podcast on SB Nation, episode 26 of my first ever sports podcast, where we keep it simple, we keep it short, never more than 20 minutes. If I have more to say, I just put it in another podcast. But I cannot believe that the season is over. It's sad. It's predictable. Another year without the playoffs. Eight straight without the playoffs for the New York Jets, their longest drought since the 70s. But another year complete, and we say it every year, but it becomes more true every year. How fast the season just flies by, and the weeks move at a scary pace. But 6-2 and two in their last eight games of the season. And on, on the surface, it sounds great, but let's face it. Losing to the Cincinnati Bengals was brutal. The win against the Miami Dolphins was not exactly inspiring, and the win now against the Buffalo Bills certainly didn't make you feel warm and fuzzy inside. This was a game that the Jets should have dominated. It was a game that the offense should have looked better from the New York Jets. Yes, it was on the road. It was in Buffalo. Yes, it was against a playoff team. Yes, it was raining, but the Jets beat themselves offensively. Sam Darnold and the Jets were largely going up against second and third stringers on defense for the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen was pulled after two drives. If the Jets found a way to lose this game, you'll look at it the way you look at the Bengals game. Give credit for one thing, though. Sam Darnold looks fantastic walking into the stadium each week. He wears a perfectly tailored suit and a perfectly tied tie, as well as anybody in the league. He dresses in business attire each week. He walks in with a presence. Unfortunately, that presence doesn't always show up on the field. And look, a win is a win, yes. But the Jets starters beat a preseason-like squad that was sent out by the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. And they didn't look great doing it. Darnold is 5-for-5 on the opening drive. The Jets are the best team in the NFL with opening drive scoring, and on third and two, you run a wildcat play with Le'Veon Bell. That was an incredibly questionable decision from Adam Gase, which is something that we're used to saying. We're just not used to saying it on the opening drive. I, I've been on the get Le'Veon more involved bandwagon since the start of the season, but with the wildcat, why there? With a hot quarterback that has proven he's best in the first quarter and best on the opening drive of the game. Now, if you're going to go for it on fourth down, I can at least be a little more acceptive of doing the Wildcat decision there. But they then bring out Sam Ficken for a 50-yarder in the rain on fourth down, which he has expected misses. So if the Wildcat decision by Adam Gase is not bad enough, he then goes for a field goal that we all knew Ficken was going to miss in that spot. If you go for the Wildcat on third down, then you better put the ball in Sam's hand on fourth down. But the obvious decision, in my opinion, it's third and two. Your quarterback is hot. Don't line him up as a wide receiver. You want to run the ball? Then let Sam hand the ball off to Le'Veon Bell. You want to pass the ball with a quarterback that's five for five on the drive? I'm on board with that. But don't use Bell in the wildcat there. Brutal job by Adam Gase at a time when we're, we're used to seeing Gase and Darnold at their best on the opening drive of the game. But not here. 
Here's the problem with the New York Jets. After a 7-9 and nine season from Adam Gase, do we know that he's the right head coach? After two years of Sam Darnold, do we know that he's the quarterback of the future? I mean, yeah, he's going to be here next year without question. He's going to be here in 2021. But are you 100% confident that Sam's the guy to be the Jets' starting quarterback five years from now? Because I'm not. And after two years, we should know. If you don't know after two years, it would seem more likely that he's not the guy than that he is the guy. Am I confident that he could be as good as Andy Dalton? Yes. But I want more than that. The Jets need more than that. Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Lamar Jackson. We knew after two years that they were going to be franchise quarterbacks. What does it mean that after two years of Sam Darnold, we don't know what he is? That he's still forcing passes to Jameson Crowder that get tipped and picked. That he's still fumbling snaps. That he's still throwing other interceptions but getting bailed out by a Kurt Coleman egregious penalty. That he's missing wide open Daniel Brown in the end zone. Yes, the 20-yard scrambling completion to Crowder is still there, and those are the flashes that make you believe in him as a quarterback. But there are still way too many frustrating plays from Sam Darnold that have me scratching my head right now and, and have me nervous and have me not confident going into 2020. Sam Darnold and Adam Gase are a question mark as a duo. And that's exactly what I did not want to say after Week 17 of the 2019 regular season. I'm also fascinated by the Manish Mehta-Adam Gase relationship because last week, Manish Mehta of the Daily News writes a takedown article of Gase, and nobody seems to care. Why? Why Why is that not a bigger issue? Is it because everybody knows that Gase is going to be here next year? Is it because that everybody knows that the Jets were not going to fire him after one season no matter what, so nobody else wants to get on Adam Gase's bad side the way Manish Mehta is? Mehta writes that Gase is insecure and he tries to make it seem like he doesn't care about the fans and he's using the I'm rich as insert expletive as a self-defense for criticism. Imagine if the story came out about Mickey Calloway last year. Imagine if it came out about James Dolan at any point or, or Phil Jackson when he was in New York. The media would gang up on them, and they would do whatever they could to have them ousted. Meta writes it about Gase, and it gets brushed aside. The Meta-Gase relationship is fascinating, because 11 months ago, he was a massive Adam Gase supporter. And it didn't take long before he started driving the fire Gase train. Why? Why the change so quickly? Is it because Gase maybe shut the door on one of Meta's sources? It's possible. Is it because Gase really is that bad of a coach and that bad of a leader that somebody could go from being a cheerleader to an enemy in a matter of months? Also possible. I think the media knew Gase was coming back. I think they knew that there was no chance Gase was going to be fired after one season. So everybody not named Manish Mehta decided to just try and save their own sources and save any good rapport that they built with the Jets head coach rather than go the other way. And from a Jets fan standpoint, a frustrated Jets fan standpoint, I think it is wonderful to have somebody like Meta and get that dark side of Adam Gay's stories written regularly, even if they are over the top. I can relate to those better than I can relate to the, eh, it's, it's just one year, let's give him some time. Maybe Brian Costello of the New York Post showing support for Adam Gase is more realistic, but the Meta Gase relationship is going to keep the offseason lively. And the battle between Gase and Le'Veon Bell is going to be interesting. I can't imagine that Bell stays. Gase doesn't want him here. Gase never wanted him here. He lost the battle and then got the general manager fired in the offseason. If he has that power, he has the power to get rid of Bell before year two. 
And, and Bell had one of his worst games as a Jet against the, the Bills. Bell did not get a rushing attempt in the second half until about four minutes ago in the game. And then, of course, he makes one of the biggest plays of the game on third and 11 late in the fourth quarter. Darnold passes to Bell for a huge first down, which led to Ficken's 47-yarder to go up 13-3 with two minutes to go in the game. The Jamal Adams situation is going to be interesting. I always find it interesting when a player, when players and coaches talk about next year at the end of the season and they talk about building towards something next year and they talk about showing improvement and things like that because let's face it, we don't know that these players are going to be here next year. But Adams was talking about how the Jets are getting closer to the playoffs after the game. You know, obviously, you know, we haven't been to the playoffs in a long time and, you know, they've heard it all. Uh, but we just got to keep going. Uh, that's all we can do. We, there's no secret formula, you know what I mean? We just got to get back to, you know, being, being what Jet fans, you know, expect us to be. Um, and, you know, we obviously feel for them um, because, you know, we're out there fighting um, and we want to get there. But, you know, it hasn't happened, and hopefully next year is the year it happens. Will Jamal Adams even be here next year? And not only will Jamal be here, but does momentum actually carry into next season at all? Because I don't think it does. I don't really think that you are building towards something. I, I mean, in terms of if Sam Darnold, say, finished out the year throwing 20 touchdowns and two picks in the last eight games, and that's how the Jets get to 6-2, and two, sure. But does the Jets getting to 6-2 and two in the second half with an average-looking quarterback and a below-average offense, does that Jets team keep momentum going, keep momentum building into next year, into 2020? I don't think it does. I don't think so. The Jets' 6-2 and two second half is about this year. Not about next year. It saved them from an embarrassment after a 1-7 start. It doesn't lead to anything for next year. The 2020 Jets roster is not going to look back on the 6-2 second half that the Jets had in 2019. They're, they're not going to look at that for a motivation. We don't know if Robbie Anderson is going to be here next year. We don't know if Jamal Adams or Le'Veon Bell will be here next year. We don't know if Greg Williams was going to be the defensive coordinator next year. So how do you carry that momentum from one year to the next? You don't. You can't. Look, I'm glad that they finished 6-2. I take it over two and six, absolutely. I think it's important for the quarterback to learn how to win close games, and I think it's important for him to get a string of wins. But there is no momentum that carries over. The team is not close because we don't know what they're going to look like next year. You want to say that there's a playoff mandate in 2020 for Adam Gase and the New York Jets? I'll buy that. I'll agree with that. I'm on board with that. Because in 2019, Adam Gase's offense had 25 touchdowns this season. Only the Cincinnati Bengals had fewer. The Jets averaged 1.6 touchdowns per game in 2019. The Jets averaged 1.8 touchdowns per game with Sam Darnold on the field. That's good for 26 in the league. That's brutal. That's from an offensive-minded head coach, an offensive-minded head coach whose quarterback that he could not develop in Miami is now down in Tennessee playing like a franchise quarterback and likely to earn $20 million plus next year in free agency. And I'm going to be locked into Ryan Tannehill in the playoffs. 2,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, 6 picks in just 10 starts, 70% completion percentage in a new offense, in a new city, on a new team at the age of 31. Very impressive. Very much an indictment on Adam Gase as a head coach and a warning sign for Sam Darnold. I'm going to be rooting hard for Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans in New England on Sunday. I think they are a fun story, and it's absolutely a story that Adam Gase should have to answer to. How come you couldn't figure out a way to get this type of production from Tannehill in three years with the Dolphins? And what can you do to make sure that something similar does not happen with Darnold in a few years? That you're no longer with the Jets, Darnold is no longer with the Jets, and Darnold goes off and starts to uh, flourish elsewhere. The pressure is going to be on Gase next year. 
His offense was bad in 2019. He gets one season to kind of work out the kinks. But in year two, we need to see results. I'm not confident in Adam Gase. I'm not confident in the Jets. But a 7-9 and nine year and the 26th ranked offense when you're starting quarterback on the field will not fly in 2020. I am confident of that. Thanks for listening to the Brandon Connors Jets Podcast. Have a very happy and safe new year. Stay tuned for more episodes. And as always, big up.